Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. It's been a while since I've done a solo episode and I was very inspired to do one as I was driving in my car this morning to the airport to get TSA pre-check of all things. Finally, I'm a little behind the train on that one. And I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Skinny Confidential, Lauren, good friend of mine, and decided, you know what? I love podcasts so much and I might be really low on energy right now and not feeling like myself most of the time, but I'm going to record a solo episode because I absolutely love listening to them and sharing them with you guys. It's such a fun way to connect and just update you on my life and how things are going and answer some of your questions. I asked you guys on Instagram what you wanted me to talk about and you gave me tons of ideas, tons of feedback. So we are we have no shortage in that department. Yeah, it's just really cool. I feel like having a podcast is the best thing in the world because it enables me to have conversations with you guys and It really helps me so that when I'm not feeling well for, let's say, 90% of the week, which is just me being honest right now, dealing with Lyme and chronic illness and co-infections and all that crazy stuff, then I can rest and not feel so guilty because I know I recorded a podcast episode. My sponsors are amazing. They help this person, which is me. They help this human behind the microphone maintain a job when I don't think, actually, I know for a fact I would not be able to hold down any sort of nine to five or desk job or job where I had a boss right now at all. So the podcast life is amazing. We have some special guests coming up soon. We had my good friend Mariah last week sharing all about her luxury shoe line and crystal activations and all that cool stuff. And soon we have my favorite poet coming on. I think you guys will love him. If you're into Instagram poetry, following different poets on Instagram whose work has gone very viral, then you'll be excited to hear from him. We also have a manifestation expert 
Gilbert coming on next week. And we have Taro from Four Sigmatic coming back on to talk about his upcoming book. And I am roping in two very special guests, probably the most special guest I've ever had on this podcast, to be honest, my dad, Byron, who you guys know is a hoot. If you follow me on Instagram stories or my blog, anything um, over there, then you know that my dad is literally one of the funniest people in the world. And he's very under the radar. He's 72. He doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't have a computer. He does not share his life with the world or with anyone except for his family and friends that he's had since he was like 15 years old. And I have pretty much convinced him to come on the podcast. Um, He's not too thrilled about it, but he said he will have a couple drinks and do the best he can. So you guys are in for a real treat, a real entertainment hour or however long it ends up being when my dad comes on. He's a super successful businessman. He's been through a lot in his life. He's the type of person, if he had a memoir, it would be filled to the brim with just craziness he's been through in his life from complete tragedy to some of the best times ever to different things that I would think, how could a person even get through this? So he's a strong cookie. He's he's hilarious and amazing. And the other special guest who's coming back on hopefully soon is Jonathan, my fiance. And you guys love hearing from him. He's also someone who's very under the radar and doesn't come on very often, but he promised he would come back on with me to talk about our wedding planning, which is something I'll get into a little bit in this episode too. Just we'll save parts of it to do with him. So anyway, before I tell you about one of our sponsors for today's episode, I would like to give you a wellness tip of the week. And my wellness tip of the week this week is the medical medium. So you guys have probably heard me talk about the medical medium. If you follow on Instagram, I was very into his celery juice thing for a while. I should probably get back on drinking celery juice every morning when you first wake up. So it's the first thing that your body absorbs. It's incredibly good for your skin, for digestion and for building up the immune system. So if you're fighting anything like me, Lyme, or even just simple skin problems like acne, hormonal imbalances, all those things that a lot of us go through, celery juice can change your life. So the medical medium is full of good tips. And I swear every single day, somebody sends me a message on Instagram or email or anywhere else and says, you have Lyme, check out the medical medium. He saved my life or he saved my brother, sister, friend, wife, whatever's life. And he really has healed so many people with chronic disease from Lyme disease to any type of autoimmune issue, endometriosis. The list goes on. I read his book. I read a bunch of his books actually. And he has a new one that just came out about thyroid disease, or I believe it's about to come out especially now that it's October, Libra season. So my wellness tip of the week is check out Anthony William, Medical Medium. This is not a sponsorship. I'm not like doing anyone any favors. He doesn't even need it. He's 
above and beyond successful. I just want to share him with you guys because he's someone who I really trust. And when I was in different Lyme support groups on Facebook before I started my own, which is the High Vibe Chronic Lyme and Chronic Illness Tribe on Facebook, I was super attacked in this Lyme group for talking about the medical medium and asking questions about his different practices and eating clean and juicing and eating a plant-based diet, heavy and fruit and vegetables to heal Lyme and heal other autoimmune diseases. So there's definitely a huge group of people out there who don't believe in this type of medicine and That's all the more reason to educate yourself so that you at least know what's out there because maybe it's not going to work for you, but maybe it is. And if it does, then that's amazing. So now into our fabulous sponsor for the week, we have the wonderful, the one and only Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is my go-to Mushroom coffee, everything. Mushroom coffee haven. I am addicted to mushroom coffee, mushroom matcha, and all the different adaptogenic morning elixirs that Four Sigmatic offers from chaga to reishi to lion's mane and cordyceps and so much more. So if everything I'm saying right now sounds like a foreign language to you, don't worry. The mushroom coffee trend is still pretty new. Adaptogen are still something that people are getting used to hearing about and incorporating into their lives. So adaptogens are basically these super herbs that bring our body back to homeostasis. So if you are someone with really taxed adrenals, for example, and you're always exhausted and you need energy, then it's likely that certain different adaptogens and super herbs will give you that boost and energy that you need. So that's my particular situation here, which is why chaga, which is my really my adaptogen, my mushroom of choice, always gives me a huge burst of energy in the morning. I like to mix one packet of Four Sigmatic Chaga with steamed coconut milk. And I've been really spoiled lately and really treating myself to the best coconut milk ever, which is super fresh and made in-house at Erewhon. So if you're in LA, just splurge one day and buy it. It's expensive, but it's so good and there's no fillers in it or anything. So steamed coconut milk with chaga. I add a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of cacao powder. And when I am able to handle some coffee, I add a little splash of chameleon cold brew and it's the best morning drink ever. But also lately I've been very much on the matcha train and specifically Four Sigmatic's matcha latte. It's so good. I also mix it with steamed coconut milk or sometimes I drink it iced. So they have two different kinds of matcha. They have mushroom matcha with lion's mane and they have mushroom matcha latte with my Taki mushroom. That's their new one. So it's kind of like trending right now. If you order it, you will be in for a treat. It has really cute branding and it's just full of all the good superfoods and adaptogens and matcha. So if you're a matcha fan, you will love their matcha latte with coconut milk or whatever you like to make matcha with. So head to foursigmatic.com slash blonde 
to shop around their website, learn more. They actually have a free mushroom academy on their website. It's literally free. It teaches you all about adaptogenic mushrooms and goes way further into depth than I just have in the last couple minutes. So you can learn a lot. I'm all about education. And if you're going to purchase something, really knowing what it does for your body. So you understand why you're buying it beyond just enjoying it because it's delicious. So If you go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde, you will get 15% off of your purchase. They also have some cool deals going on right now. I also see on their website, they do a giveaway every single day, which is so cool. So just go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde, pick out whatever it is that you want to try. All sorts of things are on sale right now. And when you try it, you have to have to We don't have to, but I love if you tag me on Instagram, on your story or something so that I can see that you've tried it and tell me what you think. Four Sigmatic is my favorite ever, longtime favorite. So check them out. They also have these brand new coffee pods. I just have to say there's a reason why I'm going way over my allotted time that I have to talk about them because I just have a lot to say. So the coffee pods are awesome. If you have like a Keurig or any of those instant coffee makers, I don't have one, but my parents have one upstairs. So I've been using the pods lately and they're easy. They're vegan. They're Whole30 approved. They're organic. So much fun. So anyway, that's the mushroom coffee life. I hope that you enjoy Four Sigmatic if you try and use the code blonde. And now we will just roll right on into the solo episode and I'll address some of the things that you guys asked me and some of the things that you want to know. So the first question that I got many, many, many times was, what Lyme treatments are you doing and are they working? And which treatments are you doing that are working the most? So it's funny because I feel like I share this so much, but maybe I don't. It's hard to know. I feel like I'm sharing everything all the time and I don't want to ever overshare about specific things and undershare about other things, but I realize that there's still a lot of confusion out there about what treatments I'm doing for Lyme. I'm also getting new followers every day and all that kind of good stuff. So if you're here for the first time, thank you. And I'm excited to share with you guys what I'm doing for Lyme. So I'll make this as brief as possible because I do have a couple of solo episodes on Lyme that you can also scroll back to, to hear all about how I was diagnosed, what my symptoms were, all that good stuff or not so good stuff, but it is good because I'm happy to be diagnosed. So The treatments that I'm doing currently are 10-pass ozone, which is this type of treatment where you get an IV in your arm and you're hooked up to an ozone machine that has the air in it from the ozone layer of the earth. So O3, that's that extra little tick of oxygen and it cleans your blood. So first, the ozone machine vacuums your blood up out of your veins, which is really interesting. And if you're a sick person like I am, then your blood will come out 
really dark. So when my blood comes out, it's black and that's a really freaky thing to see. So the first time that my Lyme, doc- my Lyme doctor saw that, he said, oh my gosh, you are really sick. And it's crazy because you're this young person. You look so healthy. Your blood is literally black and sludgy and thick and full of Lyme and mold bacteria. So it vacuums the blood out and then you fill this little glass to the very top line. So I forget how much blood that is. It's a good size. It's like a large water glass kind of thing. And then once your blood is up there, ozone is infused into the blood from the machine. The doctor has to shake it around the whole time to make sure that the blood is not clotting. And then once the blood is fully cleaned, it goes back into your arm. So you're not losing any blood or much blood, at least through this process. And then you can work up to 10 passes of ozone. So what I just described is one pass and I started with three. So your doctor, whoever's administering the ozone will have you start probably low, especially if you're sick because it kills a lot of bacteria. It cleans your blood very thoroughly. So you will have that classic Herxheimer reaction where you feel sicker before you feel better and you don't necessarily want to start off with 10 passes. I do know friends of mine who have started off with 10 and they were fine. But those were people who were dealing with some autoimmune issues that weren't quite as serious as Lyme and mold and all these co-infections. So I worked my way up to 10 passes. I get 10 passes every week. Technically, I would probably even go twice a week. It is very, very expensive. And I mean, power to you if you find an insurance company that covers the cost of ozone. And if you do, please tell me. Um, Currently, I pay out of pocket and we're kind of going back and forth with my insurance company and we'll see what happens with that. The way that I feel about it is you have nothing if you don't have your health. So I don't, you know, I don't know what I would do if I continued to feel as sick as I do right now. I wouldn't be able to spend my money elsewhere. I wouldn't be able to travel. I wouldn't be able to enjoy buying a house, for example. Like I want to get healthy first and I will spend whatever I have to spend to get there. And it's really, it's really difficult. And I know a lot of people listening might not be in the position to afford treatments like ozone. And I am very dedicated to just spreading awareness about how serious Lyme is and the fact that Lyme is not cured by antibiotics for most of us, especially if you've had it for more than a month. Many of us like myself have had it for probably a decade before even getting diagnosed. So this is something serious and insurance companies really only cover antibiotics for Lyme at this point. So um, to get back to the question, I do 10 pass ozone every week and then I go right into the hyperbaric chamber where you lay down in this chamber that changes the air pressure to take all of the pressure out of the chamber. And this is the same kind of thing that people do if they're in a scuba diving accident, for example, to bring the pressure in their body back to homeostasis. And it's just 
just a really, really healing environment for the body where the body doesn't have to do any work at all. And any healing that's already taking place gets completely sped up in the hyperbaric chamber. So I know that there are all different kinds of hyperbaric chambers. I'm not sure which kind my doctor uses, but I know that he likes to have me do it right after I do my ozone treatment because it only speeds up and enhances the benefits of ozone. And then some other things that I do very regularly are infrared sauna. I actually got a solo infrared pod in my house, which I'm looking at right now and I'm so excited about it. It's from the brand Sunlighten. And I do have a special code for you guys. If you ever want to order a solo pod for your house from Sunlighten, we'll put it in the show notes. And I haven't set it up yet because I did just have fibroid surgery. So I haven't really been able to like lay down and get back up very easily. So I haven't wanted to lay down in my solo pod and then struggle to get up if I need to get up and if no one's home, that whole thing. But I'm in the process of getting that set up and using it pretty regularly. By pretty regularly, I mean every day I will use the solo pod for probably 45 minutes to an hour every day, drinking a ton of water, of course. And everything I'm talking about, by the way, just want to give a little disclaimer. These are not the types of things that I would recommend to a healthy individual with no disease, no autoimmune issues, no chronic illness, because going in a sauna for an hour every day does deplete your electrolytes and there are some risks. So this is for people who are really sick, who are looking to just extremely up their healing regime, put their healing first and kind of just live an alternative lifestyle for a while until you start to heal and start to feel better. So the benefits of infrared sauna are that you sweat out toxins. It goes deep, deep, deep into the body. I want to say it penetrates like six layers deep into the body. So currently I'm going to this place called Sweat Theory very often here in LA. And then soon I'll be using my solo pod once it's all set up and it also feels really good on my joints. I've noticed different things like I can go into a sauna when I'm covered in eczema, like the worst of the worst kind of flare up and I can come out and basically 24 hours later, the eczema is either gone or way less irritated and way less flared up. So it definitely works wonders for my skin that is a third thing I've been doing. And then the fourth thing is I am on tons of different supplements and medications for Lyme. So this one's kind of tricky because I don't like to really recommend that someone goes on the exact same supplement plan or program that I'm on because everyone's so different and I'm battling Lyme and mold and co-infections of Lyme like Babesia and parasites and Rocky Mountain spotted fever and a bunch of other things. So from a medical perspective, I don't know what a doctor would recommend that someone else with a whole different set of symptoms or a whole different Lyme diagnosis should take. But a couple things I can say that have definitely helped. I've just started taking this powder called cholestyramine 
And it is so intense, you guys. Like if you went online to purchase cholestyramine, you wouldn't be able to purchase the kind that I'm talking about because I think it's sold. I don't know if it's sold just like in drugstores or you have to get a prescription. You probably have to get a prescription for it, but it has sugar in it and some other uh, ingredients that I wouldn't recommend. So my doctor actually works with a pharmacy that formulates cholestyramine by itself. And it is this super intense powder that goes into your body. It's like if you could imagine the benefits of charcoal for your body, how it goes through it, it's a binder. So it binds toxins to it. And then you release through your stool, all the toxins that the charcoal has bound itself to. Cholestyramine is like that times a thousand, I would say. So I've been taking cholestyramine. It's it's really difficult to remember to take it because you have to take it like a couple of hours in between meals or else it will devour all of the nutrients from the food that you're eating. So I have to remember, I basically have to set an alarm to remember to take it like two hours after breakfast and two hours before lunch, which was really hard for me because I don't eat at the same time every day. Sometimes I wake up late and have breakfast and then I have lunch like an hour later. So it's been hard for me to get on a plan to take the cholestyramine twice a day. So in between breakfast and lunch, and then in between lunch and dinner, but I can definitely say it is ridding my body of a ton of toxins, specifically mold. And I can tell that the mold is getting really shaken up in my body because my skin is breaking out like crazy. I don't think I've had this bad of acne ever. I mean, maybe, maybe I have just in the past year with everything I've been going through, but it's really bad right now. And I have a feeling that that's because mold is coming out of my body, like everywhere that it can through my skin, through my stool, through my blood, of course, when we do ozone. Um, so cholestyramine, I would definitely recommend. And then I'm also taking nystatin, which is an antibiotic. I get asked, every single day by people who follow me if I take antibiotics for Lyme. And the only one that I'm on right now is Nystatin. I take two pills three times a day with meals and it's an antifungal, a really powerful antifungal, antibacterial. So that I went off of briefly because I was interested in trying to see what it would be like to treat Lyme with no antibiotics at all, but it really didn't work out for me. I didn't, I felt like my healing was very halted. So I went back on Nystatin and I don't know, I still feel like my healing is just slow, not halted. So it's just really hard to say what's working and what's not working. So to answer the question really of what's working, I will say, um, I mean, on top of the supplements that I just told you about. I also take a ton of different herbs. They don't really have names that are easy for me to explain to you because it's tinctures that are mixtures of tons of different kinds of herbs. But when I went off of them for about three weeks because of my surgery, because they're blood thinners and all that other types of things, I had to go off all my medications and all of my supplements for three weeks. I noticed a huge difference in how I felt. I mean, 
Granted, I was recovering from surgery, so I had a lot of extra exhaustion and pain in my body and brain fog. But I have to say, even beyond all of the implications from the surgery, I really did not feel well when I was off of all my supplements. My brain fog was out of control. My exhaustion was through the roof. I was sleeping like 15 hours a day. I was in a ton of pain. I just didn't, I felt like a shell of a person. And this was only, I mean, I'm talking about like last week. So I'm still coming out of that and I still feel that way. And I have kind of a lot of, oh, I just have so many feelings about that, you guys. I don't even know where to begin with that. It's it's so hard because I've come from this lifestyle being a blogger and being very much in the circuit of going to events and hosting events and working with brands and being this like reliable person um, for partners to work with and all sorts of things. I just have no interest in that right now. And I think that's a really common theme with people who get sick is that we lose a lot of interest and motivation and passion for what we have been doing in our lives because we don't have energy for it. And then beyond that, for me, I've really seen the work that I want to do in this world is so much deeper than what I had been doing. And for years, I felt like my job is so fun. I just get to run around LA, go to events, go to lunches, support brands, do photo shoots, video shoots, work my ass off, but writing and sharing wellness and tips and things that I love. It's so fun. But at this point, I am not having fun with it the way that I used to. And I think it's because, well, A, I don't have energy and B, I just have such a yearning and desire to do such deeper work in this world. And that's one reason why I know that getting sick is the biggest blessing in the world. Something that was meant for me, even though I'm very much in the thick of it and it's very, very hard. And I went to breakfast or rather matcha yesterday with a really good friend of mine, Sarah Baldoni, shout out to Sarah. And within minutes, I was just crying because it's so rare to be with someone who really just gets it. And she gets it. And she looked me in the eyes when we sat down for matcha and said to me, what can I do? I'm your friend and I'm here for you and you're struggling and you're suffering and what can I do? And I just started crying and said, just be here for me. It's, it's, that means more than words can say to just be here with me with no fakeness, none of that. Oh, you're so strong. You're so positive. You've put such a whole positive spin on this thing. Just be with me and support me and allow me to sit in my feelings and just keep showing up as such an amazing friend. And that's exactly what she is. But what I was really telling her too was like, I feel that so many people expect me to be just something that I'm not. And I'm really talking about people in my life, not necessarily my blog readers or anything like that. My podcast listeners, you guys get it. I'm, I'm talking about people in my life and not the closest people in my life, but who 
are just expecting me to show up as I always have shown up and do what I've always done. Maybe be this person who's very reliable, who's always there, who's always happy, who makes the hugest effort when someone has a baby or someone gets married or someone has a birthday or someone wants to do a photo shoot or a partnership or some fun blog event or something like that. And I feel misunderstood in the sense that I can't do any of that stuff just right now. And I know that it's for right now, but then I feel all these feelings toward the person or the people who asked me to do these things. Like, do you not see me? Do you not see me for my soul and what is going on with me right now? Because if you did, you wouldn't ask me to do that kind of stuff. And I mean, maybe the way I explained it is kind of confusing because I'm not talking about like not showing up to weddings or anything like that. But I really mean just I have always been such a people pleaser. And I really think that these expectations that I'm feeling from others are expectations that I'm placing on myself. I very much realize it's me causing a lot of what I'm feeling and maybe the resentment that I'm feeling toward others is just a reflection of these expectations that I've put on myself for so long for my entire life. And maybe I just feel like the expectations of others are stronger than they really are, or I don't really know. But I think the ramble session that I'm going on and on here about is I'm so appreciative of the people who really get it and have really shown up for me in a really beautiful and amazingly understanding and intuitive way since I've been sick. And I really can't say that for everyone. Like if you had asked me a year ago, who are the closest people in your life and your best friends and the people you could turn to for anything, I don't know that I would give you even remotely the same list that I would give you today. And I'm not saying this to shame anyone into thinking that they should have done more or that they should be doing more because that's not what it's about. It goes so far beyond that. And it's so much deeper than that. It's really just, I say it to inspire whoever's listening to be that person in someone's life and to seek those people in your life when you're going through something hard because you deserve it. And what I've learned is quantity over quality. And I've always prided myself on having so many friends and so many people to surround myself with and people to go to and these huge like birthday parties my whole life. And I mean, as funny as that sounds, it all sounds so trivial now looking back on it. Now I crave intimacy, intimate relationships, uh, relationships, friendships, just that you can count on one hand or two hands. And I mean, I have amazing people in my life regardless, but the type of energy that I have right now is so low that I'm just giving it to the people who really show up for me and who matter most to me and who, who are there through thick and through thin. And I don't have to be like Jordan with the smile on her face, blogging, you know, my ass off and like showing up to all these events and being this persona in order to be loved and accepted. And that's taught me a lot. So that's a big tangent. And then one other thing I would say about that before I get to the next question that you guys asked me, and we'll take a little departure from talking about Lyme, just for whoever's listening who 
doesn't have to deal with such a thing as Lyme, but hopefully you're still interested. The other thing that I was going to say that's been a little bit hard about dealing with Lyme in the public spotlight is that I feel, and I know that this happens with anyone who's going through something, a friend of mine, it happened to her with infertility. And I'm actually not talking about Rachel, (laughs) Rachel, who was on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, talking about infertility. I'm talking about a friend of mine who is not even an influencer, but she still had this problem massively with the people in her life who she knows that when you're publicly talking about something that you're going through, then other people want you to represent them and represent every single facet of what they're going through also. So with infertility, for example, for her, with Lyme, for me, and I'll talk about what I mean by that, um, probably with everything that, that someone's going through that's challenging, that they're open about. And I understand why people do that. They want to be seen. They want to feel identified and represented. But it's really hard because with Lyme in particular, I'm so open about my good days and my bad days, my really hard days and the days where I literally can't move. And because of that, I get all sorts of feedback from people and I've learned and I'm learning more and more and more that what others opinions are and expectations are just a reflection of what they're going through. So I don't really take this personally, but it's still hard because it's hard at any point to get, you know, all sorts of feedback all the time. It's hard to to live in this digital age, let's put it that way. People who will say to me, well, you're having a good day. You're outside walking. I wish I could do that. Like you should be representing the sector of people with Lyme who can't get out of bed. Or if I can't get out of bed on a particular day and I share that publicly, I have people telling me, well, why is your Lyme so bad when other people are exercising and they're fine and you should be a little bit more positive because you don't have a terminal illness or, you know, I get the whole entire spectrum and I'm definitely not sharing this to complain with you because it comes with the territory of blogging and sharing on the internet and I'm used to it, but I share it just to say it's challenging and I'm in the thick of it and I just want to be real with you guys. I'm still figuring out how I want to show up and share this very intimate and personal and extremely challenging part of my life without oversharing or without, I just want to have energetic boundaries and protect my heart so that when I'm sharing, I'm not getting to the point where there's so many other opinions and people are making me feel like I can't share my good days, blah, blah. Energetic boundaries are huge. So I'm working on that in my meditation practice and my Kundalini practice and with my teachers and it's really helping a lot. So just in case you ever look at my Instagram and think I have some method to my madness about how much I share, how often I share, what I share, if it seems really easy for me to post pictures of myself in ozone or do YouTube videos about all these random treatments that I'm trying in all these random parts of LA, it's it's not easy. It's just something that I'm figuring out as I go along. So that's that. Um, It's really crazy. 
So the next thing I want to talk about is wedding planning and I'm so excited about it. But before we dive into me talking about wedding planning and I'm going to share with you guys our wedding date that we decided on and our venue and all of that amazing, exciting stuff. I wanted to talk to you about our second sponsor for today's episode, Thrive Market. So I'm extra stoked because I now have my own personal Thrive Market page, which you can find on their website, thrivemarket.com slash blonde. It's my own shop page of all my favorite things. So you guys can browse and while you're there, you'll get an additional 25% off everything on Thrive Market by being on thrivemarket.com slash blonde. But everything is already 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices on Thrive. And that's because they go directly to each brand to work with them and have them on their site rather than having a middleman. So that's one of their amazing missions is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. It's an online marketplace where you can get everything you need from non-GMO food and snacks to vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, the list goes on and everything is shipped straight to your door. And you don't even have to read labels or worry about any of that because everything is safe, BPA-free, sustainably farmed, fair trade certified. Everything is TBB friendly. And you guys know I'm very picky and they have something for every kind of lifestyle. So if you're vegan, plant-based like me, they have tons of amazing products. If you are a meat eater, seafood eater, they have a really, really safe grass-fed free range antibiotic-free meat and seafood. And it's really easy to navigate their site. They have lots of innovative stuff that you can't find on Amazon or anywhere else. And it's so much easier and so much cheaper than shopping in a grocery store. So some of my favorite, favorite products that you'll find on my shop page are everything Coco Kind, my friend Priscilla's amazing non-toxic skincare company. What you should definitely try is the matcha stick. It's a highlighter and moisturizer. It has matcha in it and you put it on your face. It's so fun. I get all my smoothie stuff on there, like organic cacao powder, spirulina, chlorella, um, plant-based proteins, all that different stuff. I get my eating evolved chocolate. It's sugar-free. Um, I get the midnight chocolate. That's the one that's sugar-free from eating evolved all of that on Thrive. I get coconut butter. I get ghee. Um, our favorite, favorite ghee is Fourth and Heart. I make kitchery with it every week for Jonathan. He loves it and also for myself. So go to thrivemarket.com slash blonde to get 25% off of your first order and a free 30-day trial. You will get so much off, you guys. You'll be so excited. If you buy it, tag me on your Instagram and your stories. Show me what you got from Thrive Market. It's so fun and enjoy. So now let's talk about wedding planning. So this is, well, I don't know if by the time this podcast comes out next week, I will have announced on my Instagram our date yet. I'm actually waiting. My friend Roxanne is making us this really special raw vegan chocolate cake to announce our hashtag and announce our date. But I'm also announcing it here. So 
Our wedding is going to be at the Ojai Valley Inn Farmhouse, which is this brand new venue at the Ojai Valley Inn. It's not even finished being built yet, but it's going to be incredible. It's gorgeous, very rustic vibes and huge. So it can accommodate a big wedding, even though ours won't won't be huge, but um, just for people who are interested in knowing that. And it's going to be next year, November 2nd, 2019, which obviously I love for so many number reasons because 1102 is a denomination of 201. 201's my number. And then 2019, of course, is the last 201 before it becomes 2020. So that's really special because it's been a decade of 201 all the time, which I, of course, love. So 1102, 2019. I mean, how perfect is that? And Jonathan's lucky number is nine. So it's kind of weird because all the ones and the zeros and the twos are my jam. Nine is his number. And if you're not so spiritual into numerology like I am, I also just love the idea of a fall wedding and it should be beautiful in Ohio at that time. And it kind of just came together that way that that date was available next year. And I was very open and go with the flow about what our date was going to be, which is very unlike me. I'm usually extremely high strung and nervous about these kinds of things and controlling, but I really let go of the control because I knew whatever it was supposed to be, it would be. And Because I let go of the control, I feel like we were better able to manifest the date that we really wanted that was supposed to be our date, and that is November 2nd. So we're really excited. We're at the very, very early stages of planning, but we do know a couple things about our wedding. Um, Something hilarious is that Jonathan asked all of his groomsmen to be a part of our wedding before he even proposed to me. And I knew he was doing it because I kind of found out in this very roundabout and hilarious way where he ended up having to tell me because I had so many questions about why he was having this boys night, like the night that he was flying to Australia for two weeks. And I was very confused. So he wound up having to tell me I'm asking all my groomsmen to be in our wedding, but he hadn't proposed yet. And he was just saying like, you know we'll be engaged around the end of the year, by the end of the year. And I just wanted to ask them in a special way. And he's, both of us are very non-traditional and, you know, we don't always do things by the books. So I didn't think it was that weird. And then he ended up proposing like two weeks later, which you guys know, and that was all incredible. And then I have not asked my bridesmaids yet. Um, I have kind of something special for each of them. That's very them, very, um, telling of each of our friendships and relationships, but I have asked my maids of honor and I have four of them. So that's something different and non-traditional as well. I have, I have such close friends in my life that feel like sisters to me. And there was just no way on earth that I was going to be able to choose one maid of honor. Um, so I have two of my best friends from childhood and two of my best friends from college who are both my neighbors now to this day. 
if you are familiar with my friends, like if you read my book or if you've just been following for a long time, so you recognize certain people in my life, my maids of honor are Katie, who I lived with in New York, who's a big part of my book. She's a sister to me. We grew up together. Um, I've known her since kindergarten. She is like a part of my family. She lives in San Francisco and Danielle, who I also grew up with. And similarly, the three of us have kind of like done everything together our whole lives. We met Danielle in middle school. And from then on, the three of us were inseparable. We went to a really, really, really tiny school, Sacramento Country Day School. Shout out to SCDS. I always love, side note, hearing those of you who listen to the podcast who went to country day schools because there are country days all around the country and it's a very unique experience to say the least very very small and because it was so small we just truly became family so katie and danielle are two of my maids of honor and then my other two are jillian who you would also recognize from my book and my blog and my instagram and alexi and she too is recognizable from all those places so jillian is from sacramento but we met well we kind of knew each other in high school but we really became friends on the first day of college at LMU. And we always joke about this. Oh, actually, she's been on this podcast too. When Marianne came on um, last, I was at Jillian's house. So she was part of the episode. And yeah, we've been inseparable since the first day of college. She's someone who I could share anything with, no judgment whatsoever. We go on walks like so many times throughout the week. And it's my favorite part of the week just to decompress with her and talk to her. We could tell each other anything. And Alexi is the reason that Jonathan and I met because she's an Orange Theory freak. And she goes every single day of the week. She's like, she literally has a six pack and the best body and so fit. She looks amazing. She is amazing. She's one of my dearest friends, we lived together in college with Jill and a few others. And she's super close with Jonathan too. So obviously Alexi is a maid of honor. And I asked them by giving them this um, map of the sky on the night when each of us met. So it shows the placement of the moon, the stars, the constellations, the longitude and latitude of where we were. Um, so with Katie and Danielle, it was Sacramento, kindergarten and sixth grade. And then with Jillian and Alexi, it was the first night of college. So those are really special things on them. It said, will you be my maid of honor? And they were all very excited. And now I can't wait to ask my bridesmaids. And we also have our wedding photographer, my dearest, dearest, dearest longtime friend, Tynan Daniels. He was my business partner with TBV Apparel, which was originally the Blonde Vegan Apparel. And then it was Truth Balance Virtue Apparel. And if you've been following for a long time, then maybe you had one of those shirts that we used to make. Tynan also went to college with me. We also lived together um, for a summer after I graduated college. It was so fun. Jillian and I shared a bedroom with our friend Danielle, a different Danielle, and it was in 
a house with Tynan and um, he is an amazing photographer. He took some of the photos, first ever photos on my blog back when I was the blonde vegan. And we've done a lot of photo and video stuff together over the years. Mainly I love him as a person, just like he has, the most serious heart of gold in the world. And I can't really picture or imagine having anyone else with us capturing our day. Um, He's incredible. And then I'm sure we'll have some other like photo stuff going on at the wedding and videography because that's a huge passion of mine to capture the moment. And otherwise we are looking to keep everything really high vibe and conscious. And we're going to have a lot of vegan options at the wedding, but also food for everyone else. And we will have alcohol and it's going to be a party. It's going to be awesome. So like I said, we're in the very early stages of all of that. And I'll share more as we learn more. And I can't wait to pick out my dress and just feel better and like do the whole process. Originally, we were going to wait until I was starting to feel healthier to plan our wedding, but I don't know. We just decided, you know what? We want to get married next year. And if we waited for my health to be completely better, it could be next year. It could be five years from now. It would be very stressful because I don't know how exactly I'll heal or progress what that timeline will look like. I'm trying to let go of expectations for that timeline. And I know that the adrenaline and happiness of the wedding will carry me through. And same with other things like the bachelorette party, engagement party. It's not ideal, but it's life. And sometimes we just got to roll with life because it is what it is and we can't change it. So planning a wedding is a huge highlight beam of light in my life right now. The next question I got a lot of people wanting to know about was what is it like to give up exercise for someone who was always so active? How do you deal with that? And how do you maintain a positive outlook and not struggle with body image issues, being unable to exercise? So that's a really good question. That was hard for me, um, but it's I'm used to it. Like it's been pretty much a year, almost a year, definitely from January onward of being unable to exercise in the way that I'm used to. I really began to accept it gradually because originally I was I realized that doing all the high intensity interval training that I was doing for a long time was spiking my cortisol and making me gain weight and hold on to water weight and causing acne and hormone imbalances. My adrenals were super taxed. And that's when I was doing the whole high intensity interval training all the time, bulletproof coffee, keto diet, and it wasn't working for me. So I had already scaled my exercise back to much more low impact, low intensity, lots of yoga. I mean, I was still doing a lot of like sculpt yoga at core power and that kind of stuff. So I was still getting strength training in running, but not running marathons anymore, but running at least like several miles a week. And when I really had to cut all of that out of my life, including my beloved hot yoga, which has been a part of my life since I was 14 years old, a huge part of my life, like a daily practice. It's like practically my 
religion, my church is going to yoga. It was very hard and it's been very depressing. And I think it was more depressing for me at first because I really couldn't go into a hot room because my eczema was so bad. And then I got to the point where I just didn't have any energy at all. And I went to Bali with all these intentions of doing yoga every day and maybe even like doing a yoga retreat while I was there, just like joining one, um, finding myself again at the yoga barn in Ubud. And I could only do yoga like four times the whole month that I was in Bali. And two of those were yin classes and the other two, I just couldn't even really physically get through. So it's been, it's just been hard because not only do I love yoga for exercise, I love it for stress release and like I need it, like my mental state needs it for clarity and happiness and just everything. So that's been the hardest part for sure. I think I'm less focused on exercising less because it's just not even a part of my mind right now. I'm just so focused on healing. I'm so exhausted all the time that getting out of bed feels like I'm a champion walking, going on long walks feels amazing. And yes, I miss working out. I miss it so much because I love it. I walk past Orange Theory every day. Uh, Jonathan obviously works for Orange Theory and I miss it um, so much. I can't wait to get back to it. I just know, I think I just know that my body is in such a state right now where I can't exercise that I'm just not even yearning for it necessarily. I just want to feel better. So I'm grateful for what I can do, which is on good days. I can go on really long walks. Last week, I was able to walk like six miles a day practically. And I think it did kind of overexhaust me because it was more than I was used to. But it was so therapeutic and I was finding the type of mental clarity and mental release that I generally find in yoga when I was going on those long walks. And I was in nature and under the full moon and like, I need that. I need to be outside. So I've just kind of let go of the physical aspect of exercising and just become really grateful for the mental aspect of the exercise that I can do, even if it's just walking or bouncing very, very lightly on my rebounder, my trampoline. I've been doing a little bit of yoga at home, which I can't do much yet post-surgery, but I'm looking forward to it. And then as far as the whole body image component, I feel like for me personally, getting so sick has put my life into such perspective that what I look like on the outside just means nothing to me. I'm so focused on what's happening inside and I'm so aware that how I feel inside radiates to the outside. So I cannot wait until my health radiates outward Right now, you can see on my skin, I'm extremely broken out. I'm pale. I haven't been able to do any of like the beauty things that I would normally do, like get my hair highlighted, get manicures. Um, I don't know, go to the dentist. Like there's a lot of things I can't do right now. So in general, like I noticed this this morning when I went to the airport for TSA pre-check to get cleared for that, I felt like, oh my God, do I look like, do I look 
like uh, someone who doesn't take care of themselves at all because I just walk around in like these oversized clothes, like kind of yoga clothes, kind of pajamas. I wash my hair like once a week. It hasn't been highlighted in almost a year. I don't wear makeup. I wash my face, but I use this like really harsh kind of um, organic, but harsh facial cleanser because I'm trying to get all of this uh, gunk out of my skin. It's, it's mold, it's toxicity, like get it out, get it out. And so, oh my gosh, sometimes I feel like I just look like I'm a mess. And I guess that's just the reality of being sick. So I... 90% of the time, I don't care at all what I look like on the outside because I, if I gained 50 pounds and I was completely healthy and didn't have to worry about Lyme or mold or toxicity or anything or co-infections or chronic fatigue, I would be so happy. I would not care at all that I had just gained 50 pounds. Um, I would be focused on just feeling amazing and like I'm not sick and I'd be exercising and happy and it would be great. I've actually lost quite a bit of li- bit of weight with Lyme and that's because I have definitely lost muscle mass. I have no appetite and I have a really, really rigid diet because I, when you're sick, you've got to get on... I mean, you don't have to. It's different for everybody. But for me, at least, I have had to really change the way that I eat um, because there, I just can't risk toxicity. I can't risk more parasites. I can't risk gluten, foods that irritate and inflame the system, cheese, meat, etc. Like I have had to really be strict with my salt, oil, sugar-free, plant-based diet. And I hesitate to use the word vegan, as you guys know, because that would put me in a position where I wouldn't be able to change and eat fish, meat, etc. again easily if I ever wanted to. Um, but I am salt, oil, sugar free, which brings me to my next question, answering the next amazing question that you guys asked, which is to talk more about being salt, oil, sugar free and how to cook without oils and what are the benefits. So for one, I wrote a really long blog post about all of the benefits of being salt, oil, sugar-free. We will link that in the show notes below. But some of the benefits include not eating an overabundance of fat or sodium or sugar, of course, since you're not eating any table sugar. And oil is the most calorie-dense food on the planet. And salt, of course, has so much more sodium than our body actually needs. So sometimes I get questions from people asking, what do you do about sodium? Because of course, sodium is important for so many different functions in our body, from our kidney to our liver, to our blood flow. And sodium is something that you get naturally in plants, no matter what. So for example, I make sure to eat a ton of different leafy greens, a variety of vegetables, all these things that are actually quite high in natural sodium, which is really important. 
And for those of us who are healing from sickness, the salt oil sugar-free diet is the most anti-inflammatory on the planet. So different oils are very, very highly inflammatory, unfortunately. And I do miss them. I miss a good coconut oil, roasted veggies. But what I use instead is just a little bit of water or a little bit of low sodium veggie broth to roast vegetables and cook pretty much anything like Trader Joe's gnocchi. And it really does the trick. You'd be surprised. So the crazy thing is your taste buds get used to it. You think that you're going to miss all this extra salt and sugar and oil. And I think it probably takes a couple weeks, but your taste buds get very used to it. And now I go to a place that I used to love, like Cafe Gratitude. Cafe Gratitude was my favorite restaurant in LA. I used to go there multiple times a week. And Jonathan and I went about a month ago and I got what I usually get, which is the I am whole bowl. It's like a macrobiotic bowl full of sweet potato and kimchi and azuki beans and rice and a couple other things. And I couldn't even eat it because I couldn't even taste anything. It just tasted like salt. It tasted like a bowl of salt. And it's crazy because A dish like that used to taste so good and so delicious and so healthy to me. And I'm not saying you have to cut cafe gratitude out of your life if you're someone who likes to go out to eat there or anywhere for that matter. But it's just about subbing things out and making those healthier choices. So I'm sure I'll go back to cafe gratitude and order my favorite dish that I am whole, but I'm going to view it differently now. And my taste buds are not even as happy there. I'm actually much better off mimicking that bowl and making it at home. And maybe when I go out to eat, getting something else like a salad. And then if you do go out to eat and you order a salad, it's very easy to get that salt oil sugar-free. You just have to sub out the salad dressing. I either do that at a restaurant by squeezing lemon on top or bringing my own tahini, B-Y-O-T, bring your own tahini and just drizzling some tahini on top and some lemon. And if you have like fruit or vegetables in there that are kind of juicy, you can mix those up. I like to mix up avocado or if I'm home, make a dressing out of avocado and carrot and ginger and lemon and it tastes so good. You can put some nutritional yeast in there, tahini. There's so many different ways to make salt oil sugar-free salad dressings. And I just want to say too, if me talking about this limited diet feels triggering to you in any way, I'm not suggesting that you have to eat this way or that you should eat this way or that you should, I don't know, sub out everything you're doing now if you feel good. It's all about feeling good. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are sick and are struggling with chronic illness like I am or gut issues, digestion issues, and a really easy way to reduce inflammation in your body, reduce all of that excess stuff that we don't need and set yourself up for the most heart healthy diet on the planet, most anti-inflammatory diet on the planet as well, is to just go a little lower on the salt, oil and sugar. So I still get lots of sweetness in my life. I'm a huge dessert person. 
I eat addictive wellness chocolate religiously. They were on the podcast recently, the founders, if you want to listen, it's sugar-free chocolate. It still tastes amazing. Um, I eat dates all the time. I sweeten my drinks with dates and stevia, my matcha in the morning and my smoothies. So I really don't think it's a limited diet at all. I think if you are going to go salt oil sugar-free, you have to just embrace the plain food life, the bland food life. But I've always been about that life. And then going out to eat at restaurants, it can be hard. It's definitely not easy. You, I mean, if you're really following a strict SOS free diet, then that will usually require you to order something rather not exciting. But I think going out to eat is so much more about company and people that you're with and being with people and embracing the social aspect of food. So I usually will eat a little bit beforehand and then I'll get a salad and squeeze some lemon on top like I was talking about, or if the restaurant can accommodate you, there's lots of things you can order. You can get a baked potato. You can get gluten-free pasta that is just mixed with some veggies. Um, I did this the other night. I asked for gluten-free pasta at this amazing Italian restaurant up on Sunset in Barrington in Brentwood. And he was just going to make it primavera style with sliced up vegetables and bring me some tomato sauce on the side. But somehow they were so confused. They ended up cooking everything in oil and butter. And I ate it because I didn't want to be a pain. And sometimes I just try to branch out and be a little bit less rigid with myself because I think that's important too for mental aspects of healing from sickness. And I felt really sick. So it was a really good reminder that our bodies know best and my body's in a very fragile place right now. So I can't just run with the wind and what's what's the phrase I'm looking through? Throw caution to the wind and um, think that I'm immune to these things that do bother my stomach. On top of Lyme and mold, I have crazy gut dysbiosis, SIBO, parasites, all the rest. So my body responds to the most anti-inflammatory diet that there is. And I'm not trying to be a salesperson for SOS free, but it's really important. And there's a whole lot of great places where you can find more information. Um, for one, if you're really interested, you can always go to True North Health Center where I went in Northern California. I did a water fast there, but you certainly don't have to. You can go eat the food, learn about the food, take cooking classes. There's amazing chefs there who make the most delicious and innovative salt oil, sugar-free plant-based food. It does not have to be a restrictive diet. They make things there like scalloped potatoes and pumpkin walnut bread and shepherd's pie and cookies and these delicious things are just a little, a lot healthier than we're used to. There's also a blog I love called Straight Up Food that is all about the SOS free life. And that's run by a woman named Kathy, who is a chef at True North. And her recipes are so innovative and delicious. I try to put a lot of info out there. There's incredible doctors speaking worlds of great info on the subject, like Dr. Goldhammer from... True North, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Joel Furman, um, Dr. Michael Clapper, the list goes on. So if you want to do the research, 
There's so much research out there about how this diet prevents and reverses heart disease. And that's just a plant-based diet in general. So then going SOS-free is just the cherry on top. I think it's delicious. I eat such an abundance of plant foods. I feel satiated. I feel like it really does help reduce inflammation. And unfortunately, after my surgery, I fell off the SOS free wagon a little because I could barely eat anything. So when I was eating, I was kind of just like, going for some of the hot food bar stuff at Erewhon and eating some salt, eating some oil. I feel pretty bloated and just not myself because once your body gets used to eating this way, you you feel the effects when you go off of it. So that's my whole spiel on SOS Free right now. The next question from you guys, which I love, is all about relationship advice and manifesting a partner. So this is a fun topic. I wrote about it on my blog last week, which you can find on thebalancedblonde.com if you search... Um, I believe, what did I title it? I'm going to check. I think I titled it something like a letter to all of the humans who have not found their person yet. Yes. To all of the humans who have not found their person yet. And I wrote that on, uh, um, September 24th. So you can find that there on the blog, but I give some tips about how I got into the headspace to manifest my partner, Jonathan, my fiance, um, when I was in a really, well, I was in a really good place when I manifested him, but I had many, many, many years of very up and down and crazy relationships. Wow. I'm actually looking at the comments on the blog post right now. I need to respond to these people, but it's amazing. People are on here sharing their stories. I've had like three people email me and DM me on Instagram telling me that my relationship history that I wrote about in this blog post is the exact same as theirs in many ways, which is crazy. So I talk all about my dating history. For the last decade, you can read about my relationship with Tommy, my first boyfriend, who was the absolute love of my life, but I sadly lost him in many ways to drug, a very, very, very terrible drug addiction and depression. Um, He's still alive, but we went through so much suicide attempts and pain. Um, I care for him so deeply. He literally has a heart of gold and it's the type of heart of gold I didn't think I would find in anyone else until I found it in Jonathan. So I didn't believe for many, many years that that type of kindness existed in a man, in a person. I mean, I'm just talking about like, if you're manifesting a partnership with a man or a woman with, with anyone at all. Um, I, I did not know that like depth existed, like the great amount of depth that I was looking for in a relationship in a normal, healthy relationship. I thought to find that level of depth, to have someone meet me like meet me in a relationship who can go as deep as I need them to go to see all these depths of my soul. Because I, in many ways, I know I'm not from here. That's what Jonathan and I always say. And I just, a lot of times I don't even feel like a human. And as weird as that may sound, I bet a lot of you can relate. Um, Or if you follow me closely, maybe you can agree. I am just 
so not human in so many ways. And of course I am, I'm here in this human body and I love it here, but it can be really hard for me. I get so sick. I am so sick. I'm so scattered. I see things differently than a lot of people do. I enjoy life differently than a lot of people do. I have like no patience and I literally have none, no patience for things that I don't want to do. I'm just a very different, different, different kind of individual. And the beauty is that we are all so different. Like we all are so different from each other in ways that are deeper than we can even see. And I always knew I needed my person who I called and manifested into my life to see me in all those different facets and all those different lights, almost like under a rainbow kaleidoscope or something like that, as crazy as that sounds. And I needed to see them that way too. So after my first relationship, which we did have that kind of love and passion and we saw each other, we went like many, many, many lifetimes deep with each other. But it was a really unhealthy relationship because sadly he was in a very, very unhealthy place. And I too was in a very unhealthy place because I felt responsible for his life and his health. And clearly and obviously that wasn't my place or my position. And we were so codependent on each other and it was wild, wacky. I then had other relationships after that, like my my boyfriend in college who cheated on me at my sorority formal with a girl in my sorority our senior year. And that was awful, but it was also really healthy for me because it was the first time that a breakup, a huge breakup in my life occurred and I had no chance, no inkling, no nothing of going back to him because of what he had done. And he had done it in just such a sick and unremorseful way. Uh, unremorseful. I wonder if that's a word. He did it in such a, ugh, such a bad way, such a horrible way. And he had no apologies. He was just like, fuck it. I cheated on you and I'm glad I did. That was kind of the conversation we had the next day. So that was my next relationship. Then I went through a slew of more and more relationships that weren't working. I fell in love with someone who wouldn't commit to me, wouldn't be with me. And I could go like on a huge tangent about that. I have a lot of respect for that person. So I won't say too much, but I will just give you the little insight that like our intimacy was non-existent and that really, really, really messed with my head. And any woman or man listening who is with someone that they love who refuses to be intimate with them will know that it will mess with your head. It will make you question everything like, am I not worthy? Am I not good enough? What is wrong with me? Um, Will I ever be with someone healthy and someone who's willing to commit? But I also, I had that deep, deep, passionate love and connection with this person. That's why I dealt with it. So it was crazy. That was like two years of my life. And then I disconnected from that. And here's the key. So I'm getting to the point of answering the question where I'm, where I'm telling you guys, this is how I manifested a partner into my life. I had to completely cut the cord with everyone prior in my life who I had been with. So everyone who 
I had always gone back to, at least to even be friends with, like my high school boyfriend, this most recent person I'm talking about who I had no intimacy with, like I would cut things off, go back to him, cut things off, talk to him, that whole thing, which is a terrible cycle for me. So I hate to tell you this, but if you too are someone who refuses to let go of people, you have got to cut the cord. You've got to, so that you can give yourself space for new energy and new being and new lightness and new love to come into your life. And if you don't, like you might think that you're making the space in other ways, but there's not enough energetic open space for that love to attract itself to you and to for you to magnetize that love into your life. So that's my experience. I highly recommend if you're looking to attract and manifest and magnetize love into your life that you create that space. So if you have codependency in your life with an ex or even with a family member, I've seen this a lot of times. I even saw it with one of my exes where you have, they had such intense codependency with one of their parents that they were not able to be with someone, be with someone in a healthy way. So it's all about, for me, cutting those energetic ties, those energetic cords so that you can really be open and flourish and be a match for the person who's walking around this world waiting to be with you. And another thing that helped me a lot, well, two other things. One was getting ridiculously clear, like way, way, way clear on who I was looking for, what I was looking for, everything about how it felt to be with that person. I wrote it down. I probably made like 100 lists of what I was looking for. And it wasn't all about a relationship. It was really just about like, what do I want in my life? I want love. I want love to be the most prioritized thing in my life. And I knew before I was with Jonathan that I didn't have that and I wanted it. So I wanted it either with a romantic partner or with like a new business partner situation or friendship. Like I was really open and I was not totally set on what it looked like, like appearance wise or in my life, but I knew what I wanted to feel. And that was surrounded by love, like giving myself wholly and my heart wholly to another person that really felt like completely enhanced my life in ways that I was currently lacking. So that was the second thing. And then the third thing, this I got from Gabby Bernstein from The Universe Has Your Back, is walking around the world as if you already have it all. So like, it's kind of hard to imagine, but when you walk around with the energy of really, really, really wanting to find someone, wanting to attract your partner, you're walking around with this energy of desperation in a way. And you don't feel desperate. You may not look desperate. It's an energy that surrounds you. And I believe I had that for a while. I think every one of us who's looking for the great love of our life does. And kind of learning to let go of that energy and send it back into the universe where it came from, because that's an energy of lack, a mentality of lack. That's not where we want to manifest from. Rather, surrounding ourselves with the energetic force field of knowing that we will get, I mean, we, 
Yes, we will, like knowing that we will, but really knowing in your heart that you already have it all. So even if you don't feel like you already have it all, just telling yourself, reminding yourself what you do have, and then knowing, and this is where I'm going to get a little esoteric on you, knowing that time doesn't exist. In many ways, like we see it, chronological time, I believe, does not exist. So knowing I already have what I want. I already have this person, this great love because time doesn't exist. And I know and believe that they're coming to me. And because time doesn't exist, I know and believe that I'm with them on some energetic plane already. So walking around the world with that confidence of having that energetic, loving feeling that you want will work wonders. I did that for literally six weeks. And then Jonathan kissed me and the rest was history. And I'm not saying that's why he was clearly doing all of his inner work at the same time. And that's the other thing is that you can't do the work for someone else. So even if you think, you know, there's this person that you want to be with, you can't do their work for them. And I'm just going to be really, really blunt with you because I swear on my life, I tried and I thought that I had the power to do that. And we just don't. We just don't. So if I could help one person listening cut their energetic cord from someone who's not doing their own personal work, I would be so happy because you deserve someone who will do the work and you got to do it too. So I hope that helps answer that question a little bit. And if you want to read more, you can go to my blog and go to that blog post that I'm talking about, but we'll also put the link in the show notes. The next question is my skin routine. So I don't know if you guys have noticed or if you can tell through pictures of me, but currently my skin is very, 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 very irritated, very broken out, just acne everywhere, eczema everywhere. Like I have this acne on my face that basically is so red and patchy in certain areas. It looks like eczema, but it's really just inflammation from inflammation, if that even makes sense. Inflammation on top of inflammation. It's pretty crazy. And the only thing I can do, because I've had to accept that it is not in my control, Having acne on my face right now does not mean that I'm not taking care of my skin. It doesn't mean that I'm not doing enough self-care. It doesn't mean that I'm not eating well for my body. It just means that I have out of control, out of my control, autoimmune issues, which cause hormone imbalances. I have mold that's trying to escape from my system and detox out of my pores. I have Lyme which of course is going to show up in various places on your skin for most of us. And I've just had to let go of any of the vanity of having um, acne and skin issues. And like I said earlier in this episode, I'm dead serious when I say my physical appearance is like so far from what I think about right now. And yes, it helps. I will say I don't have to go into an office every day. I don't even have to show up hardly anywhere most of the time, which I don't because I just don't want to at this time in my life. I'm just really resting and focusing on getting better. Um, When I do have to go out and about in the world, like when I was saying how I went to LAX today for that appointment and I did feel a little self-conscious, it had to do with like, oh my gosh, 
am I even taking care of myself? Like I kind of look like I'm in shambles. Um, but it didn't really have to do with my skin because it's out of my control. But what I will say, I'm grateful for the skin issues that I've had because it has really upped my face skincare routine. I didn't really have one before because I didn't need to. I always had really clear skin. I didn't have like a whole lot to worry about in that department, which I feel very grateful for. I didn't have to deal with that when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, or even for most of college. But now I am forced to be very much on top of my skincare routine. So I'm lucky because a few months ago, I had Elizabeth Cott from Not So Retrograde on the podcast to talk about her skincare journey because she went through like a crazy skin flare up in her early 30s, which was just like last year for her. And she found this amazing facialist and shared her info with me. And I now see that facialist religiously. Her name is Jen Kramer from Corrective Skincare LA. I see her in Santa Monica, but she also has an office in Encino. So if you live in SoCal and you're looking for a good person, check her out. I love her method as an esthetician because she gets it. She comes from a place of she struggled with her skin herself and she knows what worked and what didn't work for her. Of course, everyone's different, but she literally gave me this like skeleton skull thingy to keep in my bathroom that reminds me not to pick my face because I am such a picker. I'm like a stress picker and I'm a perfectionist. Like I like to get those little blackheads out of my skin, but I see her for weekly facials. They only take like 20 or 30 minutes because she doesn't do like a frou-frou facial where you're getting steamed and massaged and all that. Like this is a facial that gets rid of blackheads, gets rid of acne. So she just extracts, but she doesn't do it overboard because she doesn't believe in over extracting and like trying to get impurities out that aren't ready to come out. So then you just walk out of a facial looking like you've been attacked or beat up. I never walk out of there looking that way. I might be a little extra red, but it's because she uses her tool. With her tool, she actually scrapes the face. And then while she's scraping the face, blackheads are popping out. And then she, I mean, she shows them to me and it's really, really amazing to see them all pile up on top of each other. I love it because I love a good satisfactory moment of having all those impurities come out of my face. And she's really positive. She's confident. She has showed me a list of like everyone who has had just awful skin and she's completely reversed it. Everyone who's come to see her. So I would highly recommend her. And then she has me on this home care program where I use a cleanser from her office. It's specifically made. It's organic ingredients. It's non-toxic, no chemicals, no sulfates. And I just graduated, if you will, from the sensitive skin regime to the uh, regular one, like non-oil or more of an oily face kind of thing. And um, it's really helping. And then she has me do benzoyl peroxide every two nights and then a lactic acid and vitamin A peel every yeah, every two nights. So I switch off every other night. I do one or the other. I ice my face before I do the peroxide or the peel. And then I use a moisturizer, which is also from her. So that's my current skincare routine. 
kind of like everything else in my life right now, I want to say things get worse before they get better. Like impurities are coming to the surface. They are rising. I really look like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of stuff on my face, but I know a lot of it is coming out from deep within because of everything I'm doing with Jen. So I like that. I'm into it. I feel good about it. I feel great about it. Actually, I also love other types of facials like microcurrent facials, which I do with my friend Sadie Adams, who was on this podcast. She comes over and gives me shamanic microcurrent facials. I always notice a huge difference after she does one of those. I do love a good frou-frou facial with like lymphatic drainage and massage. And for that, I go to a woman named Jacqueline up in the Brentwood um, village, which is like just very, very close to my house. Her company is called Skin Fitness by Jacqueline, I want to say. So you can look her up. She gives an amazing facial and she does like the steam and lymphatic massage. Oh, I need to go back to her. It feels really good. So that's the answer to that question. And then you guys had so many more good questions that I really, really want to address. So I think I will just have to do another solo episode Q&A in a couple weeks. And I'm actually thinking what I really want to do is start releasing five episodes per month and doing four guests and then one bonus episode as a solo episode. I just have to get back to a slightly healthier place before I can commit to that. But I really want to because there's new sponsors that want to come on board and I love connecting with you guys and I love the idea of if you love this podcast, then there's just more of it. So tell me if you like that idea and I'll incorporate it. And if you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you considered rating and reviewing this podcast in iTunes. And if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com, I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everyone who's kind enough to rate and review the podcast because I know it takes a couple minutes, but it really, really helps with visibility in iTunes. And I will also just thank you personally on email because I like to connect with you guys. Um, If you do send me an email with your rating and review, tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, how old are you? What's your job? What's your lifestyle? What's your spirit animal? What color are you? Um, You know, if you listen to this podcast, I always ask people what color do they feel best represents their energy. So I love to hear from you guys. Jordan at thebalanceblonde.com. And just to remind you about our fabulous sponsors from today's episode, we had Four Sigmatic, Game Changing Mushroom Coffee, Mushroom Matcha, Lion's Mane, all that good stuff. Go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde for a big discount. And we also had Thrive Market. You can go to my special Thrive Market page at thrivemarket.com slash blonde. We like to make it easy around here. Everything is either code blonde or slash blonde. And finally, 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 I want to answer one final question because it just popped up and I love it so much. And it just makes me feel happy because it makes me feel like whoever asked this question, I need to see who asked this question actually, because I love it. Um, Really feels me because they asked something very personal and very nice. And they said, how are you doing after surgery? Who is the new Jordan rising? And okay, first of all, I need to see who asked me this because 
It's just so nice. And I want to give them a shout out. Here we are, the Bohemian Blonde on Instagram. Now I need to go to their Instagram and see what her name is so I can thank her by name. I love the name, the Bohemian Blonde. I actually thought for a while, for a while, because I sometimes think, what would other names for my blog be if I was able to choose a new one now? And I thought about the Bohemian Blonde. Okay, her name is Sienna. I think that's how you pronounce it. Thank you for asking such a kind question. So how am I feeling after surgery? I feel really good. I feel really happy to have such a large fibroid out of me. Um, It was the size of a grapefruit. It was attached to my uterus. It was pushing on my bladder. It was awful. So I feel so happy to have it out and I feel lighter. I feel like maybe my hormones are going to slip back into a bit more of a natural rhythm. The recovery has been pretty good. Like it's been two and a half weeks and I'm already walking around a lot and doing some very small yoga stretches, which feels really good. And I just have to be easy on myself with how tired I've been. Like the body lost the body, anybody during surgery loses a lot of blood. So it put me into a state of like blood loss, anemia, really low ferritin, really low iron. So I've been beyond exhausted. So I'm just being easy on myself about that. And then who is the new Jordan Rising? I love that part of the question because I've been teasing a lot on Instagram about like these huge shifts and changes that I feel in my life that I'm like really, really, really ready for them to take place. And a lot of that, I mean, that is the new Jordan rising, like post Saturn return soon. I'm still in my Saturn return. I feel huge shifts. And part of that is spending a lot more time in nature. If that means moving into nature, great. If that means just frequent trips to Ojai and Kauai and Palm Springs and Joshua Tree and Big Sur and Carmel and the river in Sacramento where I'm from, then that's great too. I just feel like nature will heal me and I need that. And the city is taking it out of me. And I feel like huge shifts with poetry and fiction and even like deep, deep memoir coming out of me. So writing is like, you know, the hugest part of my life. And I write a lot on social media right now, micro blogging on my Instagram and then blogging every day on my blog. And I feel a shift of not stepping away from that, but creating space for new intuitive downloads to come through. So writing comes through me in a lot of different ways. I get messages like from above. And I know this is all very spiritual, but I know you guys can handle it. And sometimes I get really, really tapped out of that kind of on purpose because it's exhausting and draining and like too much for me sometimes, even though it's the one thing that really fuels me and gives me deep passion and excitement. So what I'm really working on is releasing blockages. And I do have a lot of them to really allow me to let go of expectations that are holding me back from really embracing what the universe has in store for me, whether that be writing, living in nature, creating retreats for you guys that are based around all those things, healing. Um, I know that this healing path is 
like doing its job with me and like wringing me dry so that I can be a vessel and a clear channel and something so much stronger than I was when I started this. And I feel like this deep longing to do a Kundalini training. Not like I really at all want to do another teacher training because I have had my issues with that, you know, but uh, not issues. I just am not like a classroom person, but I think Kundalini teacher training would be way different. So I just feel like deep spiritual shifts happening and astrology is part of that. Human design is part of that and just creating like this whole retreat series perhaps based off of all of that where I can share and help people heal and share my journey in order to transform others. Um, so thank you for asking me that. That actually gives me chills. And then I think I'm going to do a part two of this Q&A because I'm even looking at my Instagram right now and I'm getting so many good questions from you guys coming through. So we'll do part two. Keep the questions coming. You can even email them to me. Um, maybe I'll wait to record it until after this episode comes out so that you can email me your questions and just expect a lot more solo episodes. When you email me, tell me if you liked it. Um, if you like the solo episode vibe, because I definitely do. They're fun for me. And to be totally honest, it's very hard for me to host people at my house and record and like do the whole thing when I just don't feel well. Um, so solo vibes are real good. I almost just broke into song because Jonathan and I have like an inside joke about that. So now you know I'm getting a little loopy. It's late for me. It's like 7, 11 p.m., which is late for me. So here we are. I will sign off. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being here. If you're still listening, I know that you're a real, true, blue, loyal listener. So thanks for being in the Soul on Fire tribe. Join our group on Facebook, Soul on Fire Podcast Tribe, um, by just searching that on Facebook and I will accept you and add you into the group and come introduce yourself. So I really just appreciate it. I love you. Keep the questions coming and cheers to everything good that's to come. I just can't wait for all of it. Mwah.